0: Good morning, church. How are y'all doing today? It's nice to see everyone. Uh, thank you. Welcome, everyone joining us online and on the radio this morning. Um, my name is Kobe Pulse. I'm the associate pastor here at Cameron United Methodist Church. Um, I'll be uh, filling in for Dan today. And I've got just a couple announcements as we open up worship. Um, one announcement is, um, I don't have a lot of information on this, but I, I will ask if you would please keep Bob Stebner in your prayers. Um uh, I've heard that he is in the hospital, um, and really, that's all I know at this point. But you might just in your prayers, please keep Bob and uh, Artis in your in your prayers this morning. Um, one other announcement is we have a, a an event coming up that we take part in every year called Festival of Sharing, and so um, we've got some some of these Ziploc bags out front on the the entryway in the entryway on the counter there. And um, there's two different ones. One's got a it's a student dental pack that we're collecting, and the other one is just a uh, Missouri personal hygiene pack. Basically, we try to make it pretty simple. You just pick up one of these Ziploc bags. It's got a list of items. If you'd like to help support this uh, this um, event, you just buy these items, put them right back in the Ziploc bag, and then in a few weeks, you can bring it back to the church here, and we'll make sure we get that all put together in the Festival of Sharing uh, uh, drive that we're doing. So those are out front. And... For those of you online, if you'd like to participate, just stop by the office here anytime throughout the week, and you can pick one or, one or two of these bags up and help us. We'll see how many of these we can get filled up and, uh, and put together. And these go to local, like the one says Missouri Personal Hygiene. These go to different charitable organizations here in Missouri. The dental hygiene packs, those those all stay pretty local, um, to different organizations, some in St. Joe, some Chillicothe, Coffee, some all over the state of Missouri. There's other ones that folks do that go here nationally in different places, but the ones that we've chosen, I believe, stay right here in Missouri. So, um, so if you'd like to help out, something in uh, ministry that we're uh, doing here at the church, pick one of those up and, uh, and help us be a part of this. Um, seemed like there was another announcement. Oh, tonight, the youth group We are going to have some fun at youth group. Um, We're meeting here at the church, and we're leaving the church at 4.30, and we're going to go out to Don and Terry Gabowers. Terry's got this big pile of wood he's been itching to burn, so we're going to go out, and while he's burning that off, we're going to cook some hot dogs and marshmallows and just have a good old time. So, we'll leave the church at 4.30 today, and we'll be back around 8.30, the regular time youth group gets done. So, for all of our youth, um, grab a friend, bring chairs with you, and uh, we're going to go have some fun this afternoon.
1: <sighs>
0: so, <laughs> Yay. was that it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Hope so. Oh, So here we are. Um, let's, uh, let's open with a word of prayer. That might be good, right? <sighs> Holy God, we are here this morning. We all gather here. As we gather, Lord, we we maybe bring our stresses with us. We may bring our worries and our fears with us. Lord, as we gather, maybe we bring uh, all the frustrations of last week and all of our worries for next week here with us as well. So, Lord, we're going to take just a moment We're going to take in a deep breath, and we're going to exhale. And as we exhale, we're going to release all those worries and frustrations and burdens that you may have a clear vessel to come in and fill. So, Lord, we take in a deep breath and exhale, releasing all those cares and burdens. Holy God, now you can come in. You can be fully present in us. Nothing in your way to move our hearts, to stir our souls, to guide our lives. Completely open to you. We thank you that you are here with us. We praise you for all that you have done, all the good that you have brought, all the good you are going to bring. And we come to worship you with song, with prayer, with just attention, full focus given to you. So now, as your children, holy God, we pray to you as Jesus taught us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This morning as we sing our first song, we're going to have some fun. Is that okay? If we have just a little bit of fun. Dan's not here, so it's okay, right? We can have fun. All right, so our opening song is a hymn that I think we're probably, most of us familiar with. It's Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, right? And the chorus goes, Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms, right? But there's that other part. If you open up the hymnal, now a hymnal is a book. It's underneath some of the chairs, and it's got songs and stuff in it. If you open up the hymnal, there's another part, another singing part. That goes, leaning on Jesus, leaning on Jesus. So here's what we're going to do. This half of the room, when we get to the chorus, you're going to sing with me. And we're going to sing the leaning, leaning part. This half of the room, you're going to sing with Ann. And you're going to do the leaning on Jesus, leaning on Jesus. Okay? If you're in the middle, you get to pick which side you're on. You, you, you're lucky. You can pick which one you want. Here's the thing. Don't let them be louder than you though. You're my team. We got we to gotta do this thing, people. All right. Everybody ready? Let's all stand up and worship God.
2: What a peace is mine
0: Please join me in uh, this affirmation of faith. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, hopefully we feel the Spirit moving now. As we've come, we've prayed, we've opened ourselves in song, we've removed burdens and stresses and allowed God to come in, hopefully we feel the Spirit of the Lord is here with us. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true church, apostolic meaning a church of the new testament believing in jesus christ following christ in our lives and universal meaning worldwide whose faith let us now declare we believe in god the father infinite in wisdom power and love whose mercy is over all his works and whose will is ever directed to his children's good we believe in jesus christ Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ and find strength and help in time of need. And we believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love as set forth in the example of our blessed Lord to the end that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. Amen.
2: Praise God from whom all blessings flow.
0: Fill us with your presence. Amen. Please be seated. So last week, um, Pastor Dan went to Habakkuk or Habakkuk or some weird book of the Bible. I thought, well, we should go to Obadiah this week then. It just makes sense. And then I thought, no, I don't even know where Obadiah is in the Bible. So instead, we're going to go to the book of James this week. I know right where that one's at. That's one of my favorites. Um, Because whenever we came back to church, um, I didn't go to church for a long time, and I didn't even really believe for a long time. And so when we started coming back to church, I really appreciated the book of James because it was so practical. When you read the book of James, it's just do this because this. Don't do that because this, right? It's very practical to just put into your life. And I always thought the book of James should be called How to Be a Christian, it's just this very almost a how-to book on how to follow Christ in your life. And then, as I became a pastor several years ago, we did a series at Gilman City on this. And as I was studying, I found out that's exactly what was intended with the Book of James. Uh, James was, for the most part, we think James is Jesus's half brother, James that wrote this. He, after Peter was going out on his mission, Um, Peter left the church in Jerusalem, and James took his spot in Jerusalem, leading the Christian people at that church in Jerusalem. And then he wrote this letter, um, and it says at the beginning, a letter from James, and he says, to the 12 tribes. It's believed that this is one of the earliest, if not probably the oldest document in the New Testament. This was probably written before the Gospels, before any of Peter's letters to all the churches that he wrote this is one of the first letters written to, to the people in the different churches. And it was written to those who grew up in the Jewish tradition. He's written, it says written to specifically the 12 tribes, the Jewish people. So basically these are people that they knew how to live in the Jewish traditions. They were raised in the, in the Jewish heritage. They knew what it meant to be Jewish, but now they've got to learn. What does it mean to be Christian? So in a sense, that's kind of what the book of James is, how to be a Christian. So, there you go. That's good. If you didn't know that, then go read it. Find out what it means. Um, we're going to start this morning in uh, chapter James, James chapter 1, um, verse number 2. James writes, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. That sounds about right, doesn't it? When trouble comes, it's an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. This is the word of our holy God. Amen. So earlier this week, um, I sent a message out on Facebook, and um, I just put a sentence out there and let people finish the sentence. And what I put out there was, Dear Lord, today I am thankful for... dot dot, dot. And I know some of you have seen it because some of you commented on it. And so I thought I might read some of those comments just so you know. What are people thankful for? If, if you put them on the spot and say, Today I am thankful for this. Morgan Scott says she's thankful for good friends. And they've had a rough couple weeks. They are very thankful for good friends at this time. Um, let's see, who else? Oh, Barbara Reliford says, thankful for friends and family. Um, who else we got here? Oh, Shirley Morrison says, family and friends. Cindy DeVede, so many blessings each day. Family, friends, beautiful sunsets, music, and so much more. That was a good one. Good job, Cindy. Anne Clark, the love and support of family and friends and church family and all things. And so there's several folks that that have commented and a lot of them are thankful for family and friends and things like that. Very similar type of things that everyone's thankful for in their lives. You know, interesting, nobody said, I am thankful that I had a flat tire today. (laughs) Nobody said that. Nobody said, I am thankful for a stressful day at work. They didn't say that either. Nobody said thankful for sore knees and aching backs. Nobody said that. Because we're not thankful for those things, right? Those are the moments of life that we don't like. They, they hold us back. They keep us from accomplishing what we want to get accomplished. They're not a part of life the way we want life to be. So we're not really thankful for those moments because they're painful. They're frustrating. They just keep us from accomplishing whatever it is we want to accomplish in that moment. But unfortunately, trials, these little trials, these little frustrations, they are a key characteristic of what it means to have human life, right? I think the first characteristic is we are created in God's image, right? But that's been messed up. So the second characteristic is there's going to be trials. There's going to be moments that don't go right. Moments that just fall apart. Moments that are maybe painful and tragic and frustrating, And the adversity of of these things that we go through, these trials, it provokes us to respond in some way. And that's where James is trying to get at, that our response in those moments, they are are, um, so important. They have profound consequences on our spiritual formation. The way that we respond in those moments has a, a direct consequence on how we are growing in faith and trust with God, faith and trust in God. The way we respond to these moments, Um, you know, James offers this belief that that these moments are great opportunities for joy, meaning that they're actually opportunities for our faith to be challenged and for us to grow and trust in God. It's an opportunity, not a frustration. It's not a stress. James says, no, no, that's an opportunity. Some kind of positive little spin on, on the day there that when conflict and misfortune comes, how are we going to respond? Are we going to respond with the stress and the anger and the bitterness we're feeling in that moment? Are we going to respond with the, in, in pain and hurt and, and just frustration? Or are we going to empty ourselves of all these negative feelings and emotions that we're experiencing? Just take a deep breath in and exhale out the stress, the anger, and we have a moment. Because when we release all of that, then God can come in fully. If we get rid of all I'm humanly experiencing, get rid of my human self, and I make room for the divine nature of God to come in and fill me with what God wants to fill me with in that moment. So James is hoping that, hoping that the listeners of this letter, when they get this, that they would realize when I'm in this moment of frustration, this trial that I'm facing that hopefully I can reorder my understanding of this moment. I can realign what I'm thinking and experiencing so that it's not me just being angry at this moment. It's not going the way I want. It's actually an opportunity for God to step into my day and God to accomplish some goodness in my day. It's like a doorway, I guess. This moment is a moment where I need something bigger than me because I'm probably not going to handle it with, the, with my best self right now. And so I need to step away. I need to open up this doorway and allow God to come in and God to bring the goodness that God is desiring to bring into my day, even in this little frustrating moment, even maybe especially in this frustrating moment. Now I'm using some illustrations like flat tires, um, Sore knees, um, that might work. But, you know, when James wrote this letter, they didn't have flat tires. When James wrote this letter, th- their internet wasn't being slow that day, right? Um, when James wrote this letter, these are people that were living under an oppressive government, and the soldiers were making it even worse, right? Their lives were not, were not well. They were always under fear from the government and the soldiers. But now there's this new thing happening. These, these Jewish people, they're starting to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one they've been waiting for and they're following him and they're meeting in little churches and people's homes and places and they're worshiping this man, Jesus Christ. And so now their own people are turning on them. The first persecution they faced was from their very own people, the Jewish people that did not believe Jesus was the Messiah. So they were facing... Probably a little more than what I'm talking about in, in way of trials and trouble. But I think it still fits because here in this translation, when troubles of any kind come your way, any trouble, anything that disrupts your moment, your day, that breaks your peace that you have, you know, that can happen very quickly. You can be driving down the road and having a great conversation with your family and you're in, heading someplace and you blow out a tire. And like that, your peace and your joy is gone, right? It's a moment, it's an opportunity for joy. Or it's a very frustrating moment where, especially when you find out that your brand new minivan does not have a spare tire, which apparently, there's a public service announcement. Um, Not all new vehicles have spare tires with them. Just so you know that. Okay, we found that the hard way. All right, back to the sermon. James is writing, you know, these frustrating moments, We can let them build and and direct us away from who God created us to be. God created us to be peaceful people, joyful people, patient people. These people filled with all the characteristics of God, but these moments, we let these moments of, of earthly trial and earthly trouble start to pull us away from that. But if we trust that God is with us, that God's right there wanting to bring goodness, you know, we're so thankful for the families and the friends that we have. We're so thankful for the, the goodness that comes from the, the nice things of life. But right there in that moment, God's wanting to still bring goodness into our lives. In the darkest moments, there's still a light wanting to shine. In the, in the f- most fearful moments, there's a hand reaching out saying, I've got you. You're not alone, right? And I think that's what James is trying to get at. That In these moments of life, however big or small, God is right there saying, I'm here with goodness in this moment. So I want to share an experience from this last week. Um, This last week was, it was the first week of school. School started back up. And so Monday was the first day of school. and, uh, And I'm driving bus again this year. So bus number 21. So... We all, we get to Parkview Elementary, it's the last day, our first day, and it's at the end of the day, they're all, they f- they survived. They made it through the first day of school, and I'm at the end of the line, so when they open up the door, I'm the first one that sees all the kids come walking out and all the teachers, you know, and they looked okay. Their hair wasn't too frazzled or, you know, they didn't look too beat up or anything. They all survived the first day of school, and so, so here they come, but it's the first day, there's always a little bit of chaos on the first day, because there's kids that get on the bus, and, well, you're not supposed to be on this bus. You're supposed to be on that bus, and he's supposed to be over there, and she's, you know, there's always just a little bit of chaos that goes along with it, and so we're there at Parkview trying to get people directed, and, and the, the kids, they've got a, at Parkview anyway, they've got a name badge, a piece of paper taped to their chest. It's got their name and their address, right there on their, on their chest. So we can see, oh, I don't go to that area. You need to go to bus number 15 or bus number eight over here, right? So we're helping to kind of get them all directed. We get them all loaded up and everything's good. So then we go get the other kids at the other schools and we're ready to head home after the first day of school. Here we go, right? Well, my first stop is over kind of by Bob Griffin Road and Grand Avenue. If you know that intersection, there's those residential areas on the north and south side of the road. And I've got about 25 kids that get off at that one stop. Like half my bus gets off at that one area. So I'm pulled up and I'm watching, making sure, is everybody off? that's supposed to be off, you know, are they safe? Are the parents here that need to be here for the little ones? And I'm watching, you know, it looks like everything's good. Okay, everybody's good and safe. So we go on down the road and I make a turn and I hear this little voice sitting kind of behind me that says, bus driver, you forgot to take me home. And I turned, okay, well, I thought you were supposed to get off with all those kids. No, I don't live there. Oh, well, let's do a loop. And so we took some kids home, did a big loop and come back around. I look at her name tag and I said, that address right there in your chest, that's that house right there. She said, we don't live there anymore. We moved. Okay. Do you know your address? No, but it's that way. Okay. It's that way. So she doesn't know her address. She doesn't live there anymore. Did I mention my radio wasn't working on the first day? <laughs> Did I mention that yet? When I was at the bus barn and we're checking all the new because I got a new bus this year, I got a different bus, and we're checking it, it worked just fine. But when you get about a half mile or a mile away from the bus barn, it didn't work. And I was more than a mile away. So, <sighs> out with the negative, in with the positive, right? because I'm not a patient person. Be quiet over there. I'm not just naturally a peaceful person sometimes. When things don't go right, I get a little panicked. I get a little nervous. But so here we go. Okay. I can't call and find out what her address is. She says it's that way. Now, this isn't a huge thing. Because all i got to do is just drive over to the bus barn and say, hey, here's the situation where she live," and they can look it up and tell me. Not a big deal. But I'm going to tell you, in that moment, I did. I took a breath. Ooh, God, I need some help here, some guidance, something. And she says, I know it's that way. I thought, you know what? Let's go that way then. I said, do you know how to get there? Can you tell me? I think so, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's not very reassuring. Let's try it, though. So we go that way. And then I say, okay, do I go straight? Do I turn? What do I do? And she goes, "Um, yeah, go straight here. Okay, so we go straight. Do I turn left, turn right? Uh, Turn left. No? Yeah, yeah, turn left. (laughs) I'm like, oh, this is not good. I said, if you see it, just shout it out, okay? Okay. And so we're driving along, and she says, there it is, right there. It's this house right over here. Okay? Are you sure? I don't want to let this girl off and just run up to some random house, right? And so are you positive that's your house. Oh yeah, that's my house. And then she said, see, there's my mom. And there's this woman come walking out of the house with her cell phone, probably calling the bus barn, saying, where the heck is my daughter at right now? Um, but there she comes. So I let her out. She goes up and gives mom this big death walk of a hug because she is happy to be home. And uh, she got home, right? And through it all, I, I had peace through that whole thing. Um, just trusting she knew how to get there. She didn't know her address. That's not like me at all. I would panic and freak out over something like that. But because I probably stayed calm, it helped her stay calm. If I'd have panicked, she would have panicked. She'd have been scared, right? Maybe crying. Um, but it was just this little moment that it didn't go the way it was supposed to go, right? And it's just the first day chaos of school. It's nobody's fault. It's just, it just happened, right? But we made it through. And we made it through peacefully and wonderfully. The thing is, the next day, on the second day of school, um, as the kids come walking out, you know, I'm walking, making sure I get my kids on the bus and, and nobody else, no extras. And I see her walking out of the school, right? And she's looking at me kind of nervous, And as she gets by my bus, she starts walking even further away from my bus. I am not getting on that thing today. And so I kind of waved at her, and she waved at me, you know. And then the third day as she was walking out, I saw her again, and I waved at her, and she waved at me. And then on the fourth day, she's walking out, and she waved at me, and I waved at her. And there was that day, right? It was a crazy moment, and I was more frustrated about my radio not working than, you know, the situation with not knowing where she lived. But it could have been a horrible moment. And actually, it turned out to be a great moment, right? Because every day since then, she waves at me. We had this little connection, me and Sally. I don't even remember what her name is. She wasn't supposed to be on my bus, but she was. And then we got her home, and there was this little crazy thing that happened. And when she's 18 or 40 years old, she won't remember the day the bus driver didn't know where she lived, probably, right? But in that moment, something peaceful and wonderful happened. Now, the poor kids on the bus that had to wait (laughs) for all of that to happen for them to get home, you know, you feel bad for them. But something wonderful came from this. And really, for me, the something wonderful that came was God came into my day, right? Right? Now, I got to make this connection with this little girl, and hopefully all year long we get to wave at each other. But the main thing is God stepped in, because I am not a patient person, but I had patience that day. And God knew I needed it, because if I wasn't going to be patient, she was going to be scared, right? There are way bigger things in life that we face. This is just a small little trial. This is just a small frustration. This is just a, a dilemma that we have in life is all this is, right? But if we can take a moment and realize I need God right now so I don't lose it. (laughs) I need God right now because things are beyond my control. I need some peace. I need some guidance. And if I can just take a moment and exhale out the fear, the frustration, let it go and empty myself so that God's presence can come fully into me, then maybe I can learn how to follow God better. I can learn how to be guided by God's spirit way better in my life. And if we can learn how to do it in these little small moments, if I can can open myself up to God in this little small moment on the bus, maybe I can learn and remember to open myself up to God when I have a loved one lying in a hospital bed, right? If I can learn to trust God with, A nail in my tire, maybe I can learn to lean and trust on God when there's an accident and something major is going on. James says, You know that when your faith is tested, these little moments, these little frustrations, these little dilemmas, when our faith is tested, Your endurance has a chance to grow. You have the chance to to persevere through this, just clinging to God. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know if she knows where she lives or not. I'm hoping she knows. And I'm just going to trust her because I feel at peace at trusting her. I'm just going to trust that, God, you are in this moment guiding everyone involved. I'm just going to lean on you, God. I'm going to trust that you are here with patience and with peace. We're going to continue on through this. And I'm going to grow in my faith and trust in God. So that next time it's more natural for me to grow that, to go that step and trust in God even more. These little moments that we face are moments where our faith, we can think of it as someone's trying to test us. Oh, that's God testing us. No, that's not God testing you. You're going to face trials in life, whether you believe in God or not. Whether, God's, whether you accept that God's right there or not, you're going to have trials. It's not God testing you. These are tests that we face in everyday life. The reality is God is there, and God is going to come and bring that goodness if we open up and let God do it. But that's kind of the key, because he says in verse 5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he'll give it to you. If we need wisdom, God, I need some kind of guidance right here, because I don't know what to do. God, please be with me. Our God is generous. He's going to give that to us. He's going to bring that whole presence of God and fill us if we let him. But there's the key though, that he puts in verse six, but when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. Verse seven, for such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. And I think what he's trying to say is, if, if our trials are a doorway for God to come and bring goodness into our day, I think there's a lot of times we open up the door and we're saying, God, please come and bring me some peace. God, I need patience. I need, I need, I need your guidance right now, but we're standing in the doorway blocking God from coming in because we're going to hold on to the anxiety and the worry and the fear, right? We're asking God to bring peace, but we still have fear and, and worry rattling around in our brains. We're trying to get peace here, but we've got all this burden up here at the same time. We've got to clear that all out of the way. We open the door and say, God, come in. But then we got to get out of the way so God can come in, right? I think too often in those moments, we want God to be there, but we, we block God from coming in. Put your faith in God alone. And sometimes that's hard to do when someone's giving you the directions that says, I think I know where we're going. But if we trust that God is there in that moment, at least bring me peace. It may, in the end, it may not work out the way I want it to still. Right now, it's not going the way I want to, and it may not end up the way I want it to. But at least right now, God, I know you're with me. I know there is goodness being poured into my life in this moment. However small, however great this this moment is, where my faith is being challenged, God, I know you're here, and I'm going to open myself up and just trust in you completely that you're going to fill me with what I need in this moment and bring the guidance that I need in this moment. James is trying to talk to these folks and tell them this is what it means to be a Christian. It means that God is with us here and now. God is with us in this moment, every moment of every day. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means God is here. You are the temple. We don't have to go someplace to be with God. God is here with us right now, every moment of every day. If we open up and let God come and be a part of that. The key is if we open up, if we, in other terms, another way of saying that is if we surrender, right? If we surrender all I am to God, because God, you know better than I do. You are the one. To fill, to guide. So all to you, if I am willing to open up and surrender, then you come and fill. And these moments of frustration, these moments of anger that I have can actually turn into moments where I realize those are the moments that God brings the greatest goodness into my life. They actually become moments of great joy. This is what James meant when he wrote this. So my challenge to you is this week, when you have those moments, because you're going to, every week we have those moments. Every day probably we have those moments. Take a moment. Take a breath. And let God come in to fill you with his presence and bring the goodness that God desires to bring. Amen. Let's all stand and join in the hymn, I Surrender All. God's presence, push aside the frustrations, let go of the the negative emotions and feelings, and be filled with his presence. Amen.